Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt, and I'm the host of this Disney Theme Parks News podcast. And this is episode 79, where we once again bring you another interview with a cast member. And on today's show, you're joined by CJ, who is going to be talking about her time working as a Disneyland cast member. So we don't have too many of those on the show. So I'm really excited to talk to her because she did something that I didn't even know was a, a position over at Disneyland. She worked at, uh, you know, I'm not going to say exactly what she worked at, but she did some childcare uh, over at the Disneyland Resort. And she has some really great stories. and It was a lot of fun talking to her. She really taught me a lot about this episode about Disneyland because I there were things that I had no clue about so uh her episode is very exciting i can't wait for you guys to listen and she also visited galaxy's edge last week so she's going to kind of give her first impressions of what she thought of the land and maybe some tips for for people to uh visit in the future but you know what i'm not going to say anymore i'm just going to let her talk about it so let's just jump right into it and begin this episode of the excess press podcast Man has a dream, and that's the start. He follows his dream with mind and heart. And when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow just a dream away. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away On today's show, we have CJ from Lake Forest, California. CJ, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. You know what? It's it's great start to the week, and I'm excited to talk to you today because uh, not only we're going to hear about your time as a cast member, but you're going to be the first person that I talk to that's giving out some firsthand experiences uh, over at Galaxy's Edge. So I'm really excited awesome. to hear about that. Yeah. So quick thoughts because we'll talk about it at the end, but how did you like it? 
I really liked it. I thought the level of immersion was about the same as Pandora over at Animal Kingdom. Um, confession, I'm not really that into Star Wars, <laughs> um, but I still thought it was really well done. Uh, the ride was really awesome. The food that I had was really good. The drinks I had were really good. It was just overall a really, really cool experience. Sweet. Sounds good. So yeah, we'll definitely chat a bit more about that later on. But, um, but yeah, first we're going to talk about your time working as a cast member over at Disneyland, correct? Yes. Cool. So kind of before we start that, I want to know, like, how did you kind of fall in love with the Disney parks? Did you grow up in California and did you always go to Disneyland? Yeah, I grew up about 20 minutes away from Disneyland. Um, my mom and my grandma would take us, um, me and my sister, as little kids. Um, I don't have a ton of like really fond memories of Disneyland. Actually, I don't even have like that many memories of Disneyland um, as a little kid. But I do remember eating frozen bananas and having clam chowder a lot with my grandma and mom. And I remember like passing out, napping really hard in the car on the way home. Um, but it was kind of just always our place to go as a family. Um, you know, the four of us would go all the time. And I went away to college and realized I don't want to leave Southern California because Disneyland's there. So I moved back home, um, got my annual pass again, and I've been going again ever since. <laughs> so pretty much how, like, how often do you go now since you're so close? Oh, man. Well, these days I only work two days a week um, at a school nearby. So I have three days a week off to go plus the weekends. So I go once a week during the weekdays, at least sometimes two or three times. And then usually we go one or two weekends a month. So on average, like one to two times a week. Oof, that is super lucky. And I'm very jealous because. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have we have good times. Yeah, I. I following Instagram and I always see her at the parks and I'm just always really jealous so <laughs> yeah we have fun yeah now my one of my dreams is always like move into Southern California because like my sister she used to live over at the base the marine base in uh, San Clemente so oh, yeah. like yeah when I was younger I would always go and visit her in, in Southern California so I was I was there a, a lot and the first time I went to Disneyland was in 2000 and yeah oh, wow. yeah so uh, a dream of mine was always moving out to Southern California, and we almost did. My my wife and I, when we were, were just dating at the time, we almost did, but it didn't happen. But eh, hey, it's okay. Yeah, we, it's it fine. could happen in the future. You never know. I know, I know. It's, <laughs> it, I mean, it's just. We're, it's funny because like it, it's. I know it's expensive out there, but like where we are, it's just as expensive. We live outside yeah. New York City, and, and oh yeah. It's, yeah. it's not cheap either, but right. Anyway, we have better weather here, so maybe you should move. <laughs> that's true. You do have pretty much great weather all year round. So and we hate the winters now and they just kind yeah. of stink. So. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so kind of let's let's talk about um, how you became a cast member. So how did you like first begin working for Disney? Is it something you always wanted to do or it just did it just happen? Or did you apply like kind of how did you get your start over there? Right. Well, I think in the back of my mind, I always wanted to work for Disney in some capacity. And I didn't really have an opportunity, you know, in high school, I was busy doing school and tennis and Girl Scouts. And I went away to college, I came back, things just didn't quite work out right away. Um, and then I went to grad school for my master's in teaching. And um, I did that for a year and a half. And that third semester was student teaching. So after student teaching, I was still working towards the master's portion of my degree. And I was 
tutoring, subbing, and then I decided, eh, might as well see what's at Disney while I look for a permanent teaching job. And so I saw that they were hiring for child activities leader, and I'm reading the description. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect for me. I love working with kids. This is awesome. So I applied, and I got an interview pretty quickly, and it, it moved pretty fast, I think. Um, and I got hired. My first day was October 19th, 2013. So when I first started, I was still in grad school. I was tutoring subbing and then working at Disney. So I was pretty busy <laughs> um, during that time. Yeah, no, sounds like it. Like how many hours per week did you like everything combined? How many hours collectively were you working oh, going gosh. to school? Oh, at if least, you had to estimate. Uh, at least 40. I mean, I got kind of lucky in where I worked at Disney originally because we were only open from 6 p.m. to midnight um, initially at least. So my shift started maybe at four o'clock. So I did have that time to sub and then go straight to Disney or um, I could tutor and then go straight to Disney. So it was just a lot of driving around and changing in my car and <laughs> doing weird things. <laughs> no, I mean, I totally understand that grind. I mean, that's what I did yeah. all throughout college. I pretty much went to school full time and worked close to full time. Yeah. So I yeah, it's a rough life. Yeah, no. So I totally I totally get that. And it, yeah, it's definitely not easy. But I mean, you're working at. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking. Is Disney the most magical or the happiest? I find the happiest. The happiest. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're working at the happiest place on earth. So yeah. I think, uh, it was I, super fun. Yeah, that's really lucky. I mean, I, I think it's great that you got a, a like a part-time job mm -hmm. um, doing something that's similar to like what you're kind of majoring in. Yeah. Especially yeah. at a Disney park. I mean, I think that's 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 pretty key. So yeah, it was really cool. How did you find out about it? Were you just kind of looking on their website? Like, how did you yeah. kind of come across that role? Because it seems pretty specific. Um, yeah, to get. I was just looking like DisneylandJobs.com or whatever it is and looking at all the options. Um, and then I had never heard of Pinocchio's Workshop. That was the name of our facility. I'd never heard of it before. Um, so I kind of poked around on the Disneyland website and saw, oh, a child care center. Oh, perfect. Um, and yeah, and then when I started working there, I found out everybody else who worked there also was a teacher in some capacity. So all of us were juggling multiple jobs. So that was, that was fun. Oh, that's great. That's really, that's really cool. So, so kind of what was like the training like for that? So well, actually first describe, describe your job. Like what, like, so you said it was Pinocchio's workshop. I've never heard of it. So describe like, yeah. like what it is and kind of what the job uh, entailed. So I'm going to preface this by saying that Pinocchio's workshop closed in 2017. So it no longer exists. Nothing like this at the Disneyland Resort exists anymore. Um, but when we were open, basically what we were is a child care center, which is licensed by the state of California. Um, and guests of the three resort hotels, Club 33 guests, Napa Rose guests, and Mandara Spa guests could drop their children off there to have childcare basically. Um, so we were responsible for keeping the workshop clean. We would serve them dinner. We would order it from uh, room service. They would bring it in. Um, we do games, activities, crafts, show them movies, Disney channel. Um, we had video games. What else? Oh, we had a private balcony for fireworks viewing also. So every night we'd take them up to see the fireworks. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, super fun. We, we kept everything really, really clean. I, you know, working there has given me perspective on Disney's cleanliness. Like I know what goes into keeping the facilities clean and I'm not worried about germs or anything. Um, anyways, uh, cleaning, uh, creating activities and games. We had themed nights that we had there. 
um, and just making sure the kids were safe and having fun and and supervising them while their parents went to dinner or you know maybe the kids were too scared to go on Tower of Terror and the parents really wanted to do it so they'd leave the kids with us go do a couple rides and come back so so this was you were saying this is only specific to people who are a guest either at Club 33 uh, Napa uh, Napa Rose is a restaurant correct Mm-hmm. So it's it's only specific to those certain, uh, I guess, the people going to those certain restaurants. It's only or, for that time, or how does it how does it work? The hotel, anybody staying at the hotels could use our facility. Um, if you were dining at Club Thirty Three, Naparo's, or Mandara Spot, and didn't have a hotel reservation, you could also use our facility. Oh, gotcha. Did you say yeah, the hotels yeah. in the beginning? Because I I might have missed yeah. that. Oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I I, I, okay. I guess. I guess I only heard the three things after that, so that's okay. okay. My apology. Okay, so that's so that's really neat. So where like where was this facility uh, located? It was just outside of the lobby. If you're familiar with the Grand Californian, there's the main lobby area, and then I don't remember what year, but they added on a DVC wing, and there's this outdoor hallway connecting the main lobby to the DVC wing. So we were off that hallway. Um, on the way over to DVC, but um, I think since we closed, I'm pretty sure now it's the fitness center. Gotcha. Now I've only been in it once, uh, yeah. maybe like five years ago, and I vaguely remember it. But okay. That- yeah, it's kind of off the beaten path. Like if you were a DVC guest staying in that part of the hotel, you'd walk right past it. But anybody else, you'd have to do some exploring to find it. Nice. Okay. Cool. So, like, what was what was the training like for for that position? Well, first of all, there were certain um, qualifications that we had to have because we were a state licensed facility and I'm not recalling what they are off the top of my head, but it's things like CPR, first aid certification um, and certain uh, child development credits. Um, But then on top of that, uh, Disney has a really like big picture to small picture approach to training. You know, you start with traditions and you go through uh, the background of the Walt Disney Company, the background of Disneyland, um, and then you get your little pin, you know, you're earning your ears. And then um, you go to your on-the-job training where you are familiarized with the hotel and how it operates. And then you start doing, okay, what happens in Pinocchio's workshop? What are what does the opener do, the breaker, the mid, the closer, what do they do? So it's really a, a big picture to little picture approach. And um, during the time that I was there, they changed the training a little bit. They added a couple of classes between traditions and on-the-job training. Um, and I got to experience those because they needed to train the facilitators of those new classes. So they brought in current cast members to take those classes just to see what they're like. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it, though. Like, I remember sitting in Traditions, and they had this portion where they gave us, like, index cards with different uh, Disney company events in history. And, like, we were paired into little groups, and I was like, oh, this happened, and then this happened, and then that happened. Like, I was kind of taking over the group, and they were like, how do you know this? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm really into Disney history. I just know these things. <laughs> so that was, like, a sign that I was meant to work there. <laughs> Oh, that's great. So, like, how long did this training take you? Because, I mean, it's, again, it sounds like it was a lot of things to do, so you had to go for certification. So, like, do you remember how long this, the entire process might have taken? Well, the child care certification stuff, that was part of my degree anyways. So, um, like, you couldn't get hired if you didn't have that, basically. Um, The traditions, I think, was one or two days. And then on the job was probably, like, a week or two. I'm it's been a while. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it went by really fast because for training, especially for on-the-job training, they schedule you multiple days in a row, not just one or two days a week. 
Gotcha. Okay. So did you, before this at all, like I know you were, uh, you were going for your degree in teaching and stuff like that, but did you have any, uh, background with like caring for children at all? Oh yeah. That's like all I'd done beforehand. Like, oh, I'd gotcha. coached, yeah, I'd coached tennis every summer. I did tutoring, subbing, student teaching. Um, I worked at a couple camps, that kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, well, I guess it would make sense if you also had your certification yeah. already. <laughs> Okay. See, this is how very little I know about any of this. So it's okay. Yeah, I, I think I think I've tried to avoid children as much as I can throughout my. my they can career. be a little. They can be a little scary. <laughs> yeah. No, I've 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 always tried to avoid it. I mean, I love kids. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Yeah, I've never wanted to teach. I've never wanted to do anything. I don't. I've always wanted to have a job where I didn't have to interact with people as much. But yeah, that's I mean, exactly like my husband. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to just kind of sit behind a desk and. I'll answer emails with short answers if I can. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, but cool. So, what was like? Um, so, what was like an average day like? So, you said you worked just in the evenings. Did they not have it during the day at all? Was this this was just more of an evening thing? Yeah, it was. In the beginning, we were open either from five to midnight or six to midnight. I don't. I'm not recalling. It's it's been a while. Um, and then eventually they changed our hours to two to eleven. Um, but in the beginning, at least, like the shift would start at like four or five. Usually the opener. Um, for a while, they had us go up to the concierge lounge on the sixth floor, and we do a little craft with the kids who are in the concierge lounge. And that was just a little something extra that guest services wanted to offer. So the opener would do that. Um, the opener would also get the keys. We'd have to get a bank in case people paid with cash. And they'd also just set up the workshop, um, take out the toys, take out the games, take out the crafts. Um, there was a lot of paperwork that needed to be done too. Part of uh, being licensed for the state of California is when you check your kid into childcare, they have to fill out this huge six page paperwork packet. So we'd prep the packets in advance. Um, and then we'd open and wait for people to come or we'd be expecting our reservations. We'd help them sign in. Once the kids were in the workshop, we'd give them a tour. Um, and really the purpose of the tour was to make them feel comfortable, but also teach them the safety rules, basically. Um, one of the big issues we had was with the, we had an air hockey table, which was really popular, but a lot of the kids would put their fingertips over the edge and we'd have to tell them like, put one hand behind your back so you don't hurt your fingers. Um, you know, when kids are not with their parents, they tend to go a little wild. So doing that tour was really important to make sure they know what to do and how to behave. Um, we would order dinner from room service, serve them dinner, play games, do crafts, take them to see the fireworks, and then check out was a little bit more paperwork to do. Um, and then at the end of the night, we'd run all the room charges, return the keys, return the bank, and close up. Wow. That sounds yeah. like a pretty pretty solid evening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, you're pretty lucky. You got to see fireworks almost every 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 shift. So that was... yeah, yeah, it was cool. Although I will say, like, I've seen the 60th fire show, fireworks show a million <laughs> times. Um, wishes I've seen a bunch of times. The Christmas show a bunch of times. So when I hear bits of the music that's used in that show, like my head goes to the fireworks version and like melds into the next song. It drives me nuts. Like I kind of don't want to see fireworks ever again. <laughs> uh, no, that's true. Yeah, I could totally understand how that could uh, get a little old. But yeah, neat. But, yeah. But, but I mean, I bet I bet the kids loved it. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had our little balcony. Nobody out there except us. They piped in the music. Um, you know, they weren't trying to see over adult shoulders or anything like we could see the whole thing. Yeah. So it was where fun. Were, like, where was the balcony? Like what, what was it looking at? I'm just, I'm curious. 
So if you are in the Grand Californian lobby and you take the main elevators up to the sixth floor, it's right off the elevators. So if you look down the monorails there, um, and there's kind of a courtyard, I think it's called Brisa Courtyard. It's where some of the weddings take place at the Grand. Um, and it's right next to the concierge lounge. So, And, and it's just looking at, uh, uh, not Cinderella's Castle, Sleeping Beauty Castle? Kind of. I'm. It's been so long since I've been up there, I can't remember if you can see the castle from there, but... Um, across the courtyard is one of the wings of the hotel and then beyond that downtown Disney and then um, Disneyland from there um, I remember being able to see the Matterhorn so yeah okay yep. so I'm kind of curious like how much did this service cost because if is it like per hour like how, how yeah. did it exactly work yeah we started at $13 per hour per child with a two-hour minimum dinner I think was an additional six dollars and then our prices increased a little bit to like $15 an hour with a two-hour minimum um, but still like when you you know look at getting a babysitter that's a pretty good deal considering all you get with the fireworks and yeah the craft I, I was gonna stuff. say that's like a that sounds like a steal 13 yeah. yeah I'm gonna drop my kids off yeah go, yeah. Have them go play yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is no, that's not bad at all. And I'm sure the kids really enjoy it. They're playing with other kids. They don't they don't yeah. know what's happening. Yeah, um, they're just there to have fun. And you know, a lot of times the kids are dragged through the parks, they're not doing what they want to do. Their parents are saying, Okay, we gotta get to this fast pass, we have reservations here, da 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 and so to have them be in a place where they can chill out and watch T V or do some crafts or play air hockey, like get that energy out. It's it was really a good service for the yeah. kids. And I'm sure that's like what the kids are going to remember the most, like yeah. on their trips yeah. at, at that young of an age, like they're going to yeah. probably be talking about that instead. So. Oh yeah. We'd have repeat guests going, Oh, they, they were begging to come back to Pinocchio's workshop because you know, they'd remembered us. So <laughs> it was, it was, that was really cool to see. Yeah. Neat. That's, that's really great. So like kind of tell, tell me about some of the things that happened uh, throughout uh, the, your job. Like, I don't know any, any cool stories? Like, what were some of your favorite activities to do with the kids? Like, any cool moments like that? Well, the fireworks were always really fun. Um, you know, it did get a little bit old seeing the fireworks, but it's also old looking at the same four walls <laughs> during your shift. So, like, getting to go out of the workshop for a little bit was really fun. Um, well, eventually we did close, uh, which was unfortunate, but there is a number of factors in that closure. So eventually I transferred to guest services at the hotel, which was, um, it was different. We were at Pinocchio's workshop. We were under the umbrella of guest services, but we weren't like guest service assistants. We weren't trained on front desk or guest service policies. So things changed quite a bit when we did that. Um, all of us who worked in the workshop, we really felt like we were a little family. We were our own little team. Um, and then to be dispersed into this bigger department, was kind of weird at first, um, but you know, if we saw each other on our new shifts, we'd be like, "Oh, hi, how's it going?" Like knowing that we have a friend that we're that we're working with. Um, but yeah, I don't know. As far as being in the workshop, my favorite memories are with my coworkers, I guess, because um, we were, you know, we were all teaching, um, and we all did this as our secondary job, and so we all understood the struggle of like, "Oh my gosh, my classroom was crazy today. Like, I need to decompress for a little bit." And we'd, you know, talk about our our days before coming to the workshop and we'd have our own little potlucks we'd celebrate each other's birthdays um late at night <laughs> things got a little bit crazy because we were all so tired from working you know between the two jobs 12 hour days sometimes even more than that um and when you get tired you get a little <laughs> a little like sugar rush kind of thing so we'd have some pretty silly late night things that we did and 
Um, sometimes if we closed up early and the park was staying open late, we'd bring a change of clothes, go ride Splash Mountain, and go home. Um, so that was always fun, too. Yeah, I think those are the memories that will always stick, and it sounds yeah. like they do, because, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just those little things, you know? Mm-hmm. Neat. So, mm-hmm. so while you were working at uh, Pinocchio's workshop, like, were you able to create like any magical moments with the kids at all? Like were, were there any like really special moments that kind of stand out for you? Yeah, um, every night we did, well, we had a, a game and a craft that we tried to get all the kids to participate in every night and it was themed to whatever the nightly theme was. You know, during the summer we'd do like barbecue theme or fireworks themed. So we'd have these games themed to that night. And every night whoever won the game would be the the winner of the day and they'd get a little certificate um and then we'd ask the kids to help clean up and someone who was being extra helpful would get a little helper of the day certificate um we'd also let them take home uh, we had like a drawer of little prizes kind of like at the doctor's office you know they have the little sticker books and things for kids so we'd have a little drawer of that too um but one thing i i remember we had to go up to the concierge lounge if you were the opener and and offer a craft to the kids that were there and this one kid sat down at my table and he did the craft and then he wanted to stay some more you know i was talking to him his family was eating some of the snacks and he wanted to stay some more so i gave him some coloring pages we colored together and he said something about he um, misplaced his little hidden mickey booklet um, they, you know, they sell these books where you find the hidden Mickeys and he was really upset about it because he was having so much fun finding the hidden Mickeys. And so I got information about what room he was staying in and, and what his last name was. And I was able to get him a replacement book and send it up to his room. So I didn't hear from him after that, but you know, I'm hopeful that I was able to make up for the, his missing book and allow him to go back into the parks and continue finding hidden Mickeys. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure that he was thrilled that he had mm-hmm. it. I, I don't think you have to worry about that. Yeah. So, that's yeah. awesome. Cool. Any any other moments like that? Well, this one's kind of sad, so I'm just going to warn you about that now. Um, when I transferred to guest services, uh, we worked at both Disneyland Hotel and the Grand Californian Hotel. Um, I understand now it's changed where guest services, you work either one or the other, but not both. But anyways, at this at this time, I was working at Disneyland Hotel. And one of the lifeguards actually called, and I think she was new because she was asking me about making magic for somebody. And I was like, uh, you need to talk to your lead or your manager because you can make magic for them. Um, and then I heard more of the story. The same guest that, was, that she was trying to make magic for Um, It was a mom, a dad, and a daughter. It was the daughter's birthday. The dad had found out like earlier that day that he had cancer and only had three weeks left to live. And they just like packed up the car and drove straight to Disneyland from Arizona. They didn't even know if there was a room available for them and luckily there was. And so this lifeguard had heard the story from this little girl and she was trying to make magic for her and it eventually got back to guest services and we were all trying to do things for them. Um, I don't remember if they got comps park tickets or not but we were able to get them into Ariel's Grotto and a couple other experiences Um, but I also had a friend from like my personal life that worked on the Frozen show and so I contacted her and said hey this we have this family here's the situation this daughter really really loves Frozen is there anything you guys can do and she's like yeah let me arrange VIP seating for them and so we got them into VIP seating and then the next day we got an email saying that the father had passed away like that the last the last night um so it was really wow. really yeah it was really sad like everyone was 
so upset because we had all worked, you know, really hard to make these special memories and we're hopeful that they got to experience some of them and it's just, you know, you never know how much time you have left with someone and hearing stories like that, you just want to do everything you can for them. Um, and it was, it was a really sobering moment, I think. Yeah. Wow. That was, I was not expecting that. I'm, I'm honest. I'm a little teary eyed from that. That is, that is, I mean, I'm glad that you guys were able to do as, as, as much as you could to make their experience together. Um, yeah yeah just, just great but. yeah and in situations like that you know we had the lifeguards get services entertainment all working together to make something happen and that's the really cool thing about about working for disney is when you want to make magic happen there's all these tools at your disposal to make them happen and the managers have your back on what you want to do um so you know as sad as it was like that was a moment where we all came together and cooperated and made something really special for them yeah, and I think that's just what makes the, the Disney parks just so special. You get moments like that. I mean, that's not the only time I've heard cast members just going above and beyond. And yeah, it's I mean, you must feel great about yourself having done that. And you were able to yeah. help out and be part of that as, as sad as, as sad as that is. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah. man, I don't even know where to go from there. That's uh... yeah, I know that was kind of intense. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> that's, that's... Like, that's like the big one that sticks out to me. Yeah. And you know, it reminds me when I see people in the park with like a VIP tour guide or getting VIP viewing. Yeah, as much as I want that for myself, I don't know their story. You know, like they might they might have cancer and die the next day, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, so we'll we'll try to transition to something a bit more uplifting. I mean, as as great as a story that was, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I want. I kind of want to know: Were there any like cool like backstage secrets that you're you're willing to share? Like something that like maybe the 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 casual guest might not know about? Um, I don't want to give too much away. Like from a security and safety standpoint, I don't want to give too much of of Disney's secrets away. No, agree. Uh, Just like anything, like maybe <laughs> not too crazy, or but any any little thing that you might feel like, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind sharing this 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 out. Um, well, backstage Tomorrowland, I'm not exactly sure, geographically speaking, where it is, but it's somewhere around Tomorrowland. I, I didn't go backstage at the parks that often, so that's why I'm like, I don't remember where this is. But anyways, there's this area called the Time Tunnel. It's so, so cool. Um, it has stuff from the opening of the park all the way to present day, and it's this really, really long hallway, just uh, stuff all over the walls, like basically wallpapering the walls with pictures, name tags, memorabilia, ears, you name it. It's all up there. Um, I walked that tunnel maybe two or three times and every time I was like, oh, look at that. I remember that. Oh, that's so cool. I wish that were around when I was alive. Um, So just seeing all that stuff and seeing how the costumes had changed and the name tags had changed. That was really cool. I could have spent forever down there. And this Uh, is this is just for cast members? Yeah, guests can't go back there, unfortunately. I wish we could because it was so cool. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, I don't know if its official name is the Time Tunnel, but that's what it was always called when I heard about it. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, that I think that is a really interesting backstage uh, secret because I've never heard of that, but I feel like that's something maybe there that is common knowledge. Maybe it's a different name, but... I'm pretty sure for, like, cast members who work in Tomorrowland and that side of the park they all know about it yeah I don't know I feel like I'm kind of like ingrained in Disney and it's strange (laughs) that I've never heard of that so but that's that's really neat that's that's really cool so pretty much it's just like it goes back to like the beginning 
of yeah. Disneyland and yeah. just kind of shows different costumes. Like it's legit, like just costumes that are like on like a well, mannequin or something. Like how? No, what no, do you no. Mean? It's like it's like pictures of people in oh, costumes okay. and pictures from construction of the rides and um, you know if they gave away something for the 50th anniversary, like it had all park maps and all sorts of stuff, like menus from restaurants, napkins from places. It's just random things. Oh, that's oh, that's really cool. That's, yeah, that's neat. I actually, I, uh, a friend of the show, uh, he goes by Kingdom Collectors on on Instagram. But our friend Matt, yeah, yeah are you uh, do you follow him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he's a he's a friend of mine, and he has like again his name is Kingdom Collectors because he has the most amazing collection of yeah. just things. Like I look at his all of his wares of Disney. I'm just like, you're amazing. I love. Yeah. Like, but he has like he has those random things like park maps and like mm-hmm. or napkins, like you said. Like he has mm-hmm. all these random things. So that's to me like when I visit when I like go to his house and see that. That's just like a, like a huge just museum of just things. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've hung on to some stuff like that too. I remember when Pinocchio's workshop was closing. Like I made sure to take a brochure and like tuck it back in my Disney collection because <laughs> I don't know if they kept one of those um, but yeah I have my Disney box of stuff and then I have you know my Disney art and stuff like that but yeah, yeah I wish I wish I've collected like park maps over the year I know yeah. I know there's only a couple that I've held on to but I wish I had more yeah I mean yeah especially with you going to Disneyland like all the time like I'm know, sure the park maps change a lot <laughs> yeah I have a really cool one that actually has a typo on it they misspelled Tomorrowland they added um, an extra R so it says Tomorrowland oh really <laughs> I was like how did you miss that like I felt you know it was in the little section where it's listing all the lands I feel you know, like that should be a template like why would you type that some you know it's sometimes like as a designer like i deal with that as well you just if you look at something just over and over and over you just you're bound to miss it and then like someone to look at it who hasn't seen it at all and it's like oh there's a there's a typo right there i'm like right what how have i not noticed that like so (laughs) i i totally get it and i'm sure that person was fired but i'm just kidding (laughs) but um yeah no I, i i understand how yeah how it could be missed but yeah. Uh, cool. So, like, when so you had the opportunity to to kind of go to the parks. I, I mean, I assume you uh, you got into the parks free, correct? As as being a yeah. cast member. So, yeah. what was something that you like you loved doing when you weren't uh, working? Well, I didn't have that much free time when I was working That's there, true. <laughs> just because of like all the other jobs. And then during my course of working there, I got married bought a condo, sold a condo, bought a new house, moved in with in-laws while the new house was being built, then moved into the other house. My husband got laid off. Like all these things happened (laughs) while I was working there. So I didn't really have that much spare time. But um, yeah, you know, going to the parks in the spare time is what I did. And sometimes if I got off early, I'd go off after my shift. Um, We'd go as cast members together sometimes every now and then. Um, I'd go with my family still. but yeah, usually when I go, even today, you know, if I'm if I'm not with my son or if there's another adult with me, we'll just go do single rider rides. It's usually our our game plan. Um, I don't know. I just like being in the parks. I like eating the food, watching the people, seeing the shows. Yeah, I'm so jealous of you. It sounds like a life, <laughs> but yeah, cool. So well, I mean, what would you say is like maybe your your favorite memory while you work there? I'm just is there something that just like kind of really stands out the most? Oh man. I have a lot of memories that are 
I guess, tied for my favorite things. Well, here, share. We got time. Share share a couple of your like your favorite memories. Okay, so after Pinocchio's workshop closed and I transferred to guest services, um, I had to know all the room types that we sold, including all the suites. So my trainer took me into like all the really nice suites that I can't afford to stay in. It was so cool. We walked into the biggest suite in the Grand and I was like, oh, Johnny Depp stays here. This is Johnny Depp suite. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, and I got to go into one of the three bedroom villas at the DVC side of the Grand. I'd never been in a two-story hotel room before, so that was like really really cool and I would love to stay there one day um and then I got to go into the signature suites at the uh Disneyland Hotel which are so cool too um the Jungle Cruise one or Adventureland one is awesome the bathtub in there is like incredible so that was really cool just because I know I'll never be be able to afford to stay in those rooms you know um so getting to see them and like walk through them and take my time and look at everything that was so awesome I'm gonna have to look into those the Jungle Cruise one because yeah, I think it's called the Adventureland Suite, but it's like pretty heavily Jungle Cruise themed. Okay, yeah, it's I'm not as familiar with the Disneyland Hotel, but it's separated into like different sections. So there's like the Adventure Tower, yeah, the Fantasy the, Tower, uh, the and fantasy? the Frontier Tower. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've only stayed at Paradise Pier, which I kind of okay. wish it, that's it was fine, but I wish we had yeah. stayed at the. Uh, the Grand or the uh, Disneyland Hotel instead. So. Yeah, all the signature suites at the Disneyland Hotel are in the Fantasy Suite, which is or the Fantasy Tower, which is the one facing downtown Disney. Um, so there's like the Mickey Mouse Penthouse, the Adventureland Suite, the Pirate Suite. I feel like uh, the Fantasy or I don't know if it's Fantasyland. It's like the honeymoon suite kind of thing. And then there's one in the Fantasy Tower. I might have lied. I'm sorry. The Adventure Tower is where the signature suites are. And that one is facing downtown Disney. Um, anyways, the Fantasy Tower is like where the main lobby check-in area is. And on the top floor is the Blue Sky Suite, which is haunted. And that one was really cool, too. Oh, it's haunted? Well, who's yes. haunting it? <laughs> well, the hotel was built by Jack Rather. Um, and his wife was this lady named Benita Granville, who was an actress back in the 50s. And supposedly that was her favorite suite, and she haunts it. Um, when I toured it, there was a couple weird things that happened. Um, like, like we're instructed. Well, we're instructed when we go in to do any sort of room walkthrough to leave it exactly as it is, um, just because you know housekeeping might have it set up a certain way. So, um, including like any doors that were open, you gotta leave open. So we went to go look at the bathroom because there's like a really fancy toilet in there, <laughs> and like something was going on with the door I don't remember if it was open or closed originally but it was like opposite of how we left it we walked to the other side of the room and all of a sudden it was closed and we left it open um so we were like did you close it did you close it <laughs> like no <laughs> didn't close it and there's something going on with one of the lights too so that was kind of weird um but that was a cool suite and from what I've heard my trainer was telling me that um per manager's orders they don't rent that room out to sleep in it's just basically used for meetings Oh, no kidding, really? Yeah, I mean, there's not really, like, a normal bed in there. It was just, like, a Murphy bed that pulls down from the floor. But it'd be a really cool place to have a party because there's, like, a really big open area in the middle. There's, like, a an atrium, I guess, in the in the suite. Um, it was really cool. I could see it being used for a party or, like, a fancy business meeting. Neat. That's really cool. Yeah. So yeah. 
cool. Uh, I mean, hopefully, uh, I have to look those up. I'm, I'm going to have to see what some of those look like because I've never, I didn't really realize until recently, maybe this past year or so when I've kind of started the podcast, like how big some of these, like, like or some of the hotels do have these like big grand suites. Oh, yeah. The three yeah. bedroom villa at the Grand is bigger than my house. Like, it's yeah. so nice. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. No, some of them are, some of them are just amazing. Like, I, even like, uh, I know the Wilderness Lodge over at Disney World, like, they have this, I think it's called like the presidential suite or something like that, where oh, yeah. this thing is like, this thing's amazing. I remember just watching a video of people taking a tour of it, but. Uh, yeah, some of these rooms are, are, are really nice. So, mm -hmm. uh, cool. What was, so was there another one of your favorite memories at all? Was it, or yeah, was that Yeah, so, um, our managers like to do like cast member appreciation kind of things. I don't, I don't think they have a, an official term for it, but one of the things we got to do was a walkthrough tour of the Haunted Mansion after the park closed. And that was so fun like oh, that's my that's like that's my, my dream. favorite ride and so i was just about dying with like how cool that was uh they had really strict rules like don't touch anything follow us don't step on the track step over the track um it was just it was so awesome to see everything up close like the lights were on um the animatronics were moving but there was no sound on so that was kind of creepy like <laughs> you know you know that hallway where like the doors are all docking yeah yeah, like, yeah. Like they kept knocking, but there was no music and no other sound uh -huh. effects. It was so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's even worse than actually being on the ride. Yeah, yeah. And oh, then, so uh, like, I was just surprised. We could walk down the hallway with the floating candelabra. That was cool. Um, yeah, and I got really close to one of the animatronics overlooking the ballroom area. So, What's, what, do you, what do you think surprised you the most after taking the tour? I just like seeing the animatronics because you don't really have an opportunity to get close to them. So knowing that these were built and programmed in the 60s, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And seeing the ballroom from the other side, like, oh, there's all the animatronics that are reflecting onto the glass. Okay, this makes sense now. Like, it was just, I just thought it was cool to, to see how the ride works. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that, hey, that's awesome. I mean, that's a lot of people's dream of being able to. Oh, yeah. To go behind the behind the magic or behind oh, the stage, yeah. and at this time, <laughs> at the time that we did the tour, like the park was closed, obviously, um, it was right before the 60th anniversary fireworks show premiered. So they were doing testing of the show after park hours, and we were being escorted back out of the park. And the show happened to be in testing, and we like stopped on an empty main street and watched five minutes of wow. it, like, all the projections going, and then all of a sudden. This guy comes up to us and he's like, you guys got to keep moving along here. And we looked at the group where he came from and the lady that was like in charge of that little group, I think was Mary Niven, who was like really high up at the company. So she kind of ordered us to get out of the park and we we're like, but we're cast members. Like, what are we going to do? We don't have our phones out. So we kind of got in trouble for watching the fireworks, um, but we left. So it was that was really cool, too. Oh, neat. I don't, I don't know yeah. who Barry Niven is. I have, I've never heard of her before. I don't remember her official title. I would have to look her up. Yeah, but... okay. All oh, right. yes. She's currently Senior Vice President, Experience Development and Integration. Oh, okay. Sounds yeah. very important. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... All right, cool. So we're kind of winding down on time here. So were there, because I want to talk to you a little bit about Galaxy's Edge before oh, we get yes. out of here. But was there any any last um, last things you want to say about your 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 time working as a cast member? 
it was so fun and I wish I could go back like if I didn't have my my son I mean I love my son obviously but if he if he wasn't around I'd probably still go back to work at Disney it's just not realistic for right now but for anybody who's looking to work there like just be positive be happy be nice to your fellow cast members be nice to the guests and it's it's really a magical experience nice well that's great so uh, before we get to Galaxy's Edge if because you go to Disneyland all the time and I'm, I think most of the people that probably listen to this go to Walt Disney World the most. Are there any, like, if there's, like, one solid tip that you can maybe give out to people either going to Disneyland for the first time or multiple times, whatever, if there's, like, one solid tip that you, like, is your go-to tip that you tell people all the time, what would you what would you say to the listeners? Get there before park opening. Um, you want to be the first people through the gates so you can get on rides as quickly as possible. Because once you hit, you know, after work hours, people start coming in or after school hours, even locals start coming in. Uh, Disneyland's a much more local park than Walt Disney World is. So you'll see a lot of people trickling in in the late afternoon. So take advantage of early morning crowds and, you know, blast through some of the e-tickets then. That's. I think that's a solid tip. That's yep. that's awesome. Cool. Yep. Well, thank you for that. So, okay, now we're gonna get kind of. I want to talk to you, baby. Like, I don't want to take too much of your time, but maybe like five, ten minutes of Galaxy's Edge. So, you were able to go to Galaxy's Edge last week on. I think you said mm-hmm. June fourth or June fifth. Uh, the eighth, Saturday. Oh, the eighth. Okay, it was way mm-hmm. off. But, um, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so, so you got your free reservation. Um, so, what time did you you go? We left the house at like five o'clock in the morning. Uh, the parking structure, they said it would open at 5.30, but we rolled up at like 5.20 and it was open. So they let us in. Um, they opened the gates to the park at six o'clock on the dot. And we were escorted to Launch Bay, which is where Interventions used to be um, back in the day. So Launch Bay is where we got our wristbands. We did some shopping up there. They told us at seven o'clock we could actually start going on uh rides in tomorrowland and Fantasyland because it was extra magic hour that day so that's kind of a nice bonus we did a couple rides they told us this advice i didn't like they told us not to get there like they told us to go to red rose tavern um to line up to go into the land they told us don't get there until like eight o'clock on the dot i was like okay that seems kind of weird um so we took their advice and at like 7.45, we start wandering over that way. But the line was already all the way back to Tomorrowland. I was like, wait a minute. They told us not to get there till 8. And there's this huge long line of people. We're not going to make it to the cantina. Oh, no. Um, so we got in the line. Like, I guess I, I guess I wish that we had gotten to Red Rose Tavern a little bit earlier. I don't know why they told us don't go until exactly 8 o'clock. But anyways, so we got in line. It moved pretty quickly. Um, our goal was to try to get into the cantina just because we know or we've heard that it's so popular. We figure, okay, if we don't get in it, you know, during the reservation time, once it opens to everybody without a reservation, I don't think we're ever going to get in there. So I got in line for the cantina. The rest of my family did some photo ops and got in line for the ride. Um, and we did get into the cantina. So that worked. Nice. Now I, I've been hearing there's been long lines for, for the cantina. Like how long? Yeah. Did you have to wait? Did was they did they have the text message system set up yeah. for you guys? 
So getting into the land, it was like a huge mass of people and they scanned everybody's wristbands. And then everybody going to the cantina was to stay to your right. And the line was already almost to the entrance of the land. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get in. This is terrible. Um, a party behind me had actually sent somebody ahead to go look at how far the line was. And she was like, it's looping around. And I was like, oh no, I'm really not going to make it. But it was moving kind of fast. So I figured, eh, I might as well stay in line. So it took about 20 minutes to get from like just past the entrance to the land to the front. So they took my phone number, the number in our party, and they were like, it's looking to be a two and a half hour to two hour and 45 minute wait. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's kind of cutting it close. Um, and they said it, there's no guarantees or anything. Um, so we just kind of waited by going on the ride a couple times, doing photos, looking at the shops, getting some snacks. And then at 11 o'clock on the dot, we got the text message to go back. Nice. So you, you then had like a full hour because you get kicked out at, at noon. So you had a full hour to kind of enjoy it, which is kind of the time they Disney's allowing 45 minutes from what I've seen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. They said two drinks maximum per person, 45 minute maximum. So, so how was it? How did you like the cantina? It was really loud. It felt like a real bar. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't remember the scene from the movie that like involves the bar, but it did look really cool. I liked the DJ robot, DJ Rex, I think. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, you know, playing music and stuff. The bar lit up, which is really cool. Uh, but we were a party of six plus the baby. So seven of us. And it was basically standing room only. It was like wall to wall people. Um, my dad like finished his drink really fast. And he's like, I'm going to head out with the baby because the baby was not having it. Um, but the drink was really good. I had a, it's like a fuzzy tauntaun, which was like orange and all these other fruity things with like this fuzzy foam on top. That was really good. Um, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I would go back again, just maybe not with my kid. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so what did you what do you think about the the land in general? You said it was it was just as immersive as Pandora. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was really really incredible. I think Disney did an excellent job of making it seem like you're not in Disneyland. It was really surreal to exit and go, "Oh, I'm in Critter Country now and there's people who haven't been back where I was." And, it's just it was a weird experience going back to Disneyland proper. Um, even like the sound effects, they didn't have a music soundtrack going in the land. Um, they had sound effects like every now and then you'd hear like ships passing overhead and stuff like that. So it was it was really cool. It felt realistic, I think. Yeah, that's what I was. Uh, I, I read an article last week. I was talking to my co-host Katie about this on a couple episodes ago. And I, w I read an article saying one of the biggest things that they're missing is, of course, music. And I mean, I understand that they're they're trying to go for realism, but I mean, hey, come on! Like, I think yeah. you can like I think you can give us a little something because I mean, that's what we love the Disney parks for. We love the yeah. background music. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm pretty sure Pandora doesn't have too much background music. I mean, I think in Satoli yeah. Canteen, but mm -hmm. it's more about the the the. Um, uh, the pretty much the nature sounds like the, the yeah. animals and stuff, but yeah, I, yeah. that but that makes sense though because you're in a forest and yeah right. that would make sense that okay yeah there's tons of animals around, but like I don't know I want to hear something like when you're yeah I think they could have done a little bit more with it but I didn't notice that there wasn't music until I sat and thought about it I was like I wonder what the music is here and I realized there is no music mm. so I think I think they could could probably work on that a little bit okay. 
cool. Well, so what? I mean, what was like your your favorite thing when you when you went to the uh, the land? I think just the atmosphere was really cool. The marketplace area, it feels like a, a marketplace in a totally different country or something. Like it, it just feels so immersive. Like it's a whole new level of immersion for Disneyland and the experience I think was my favorite thing. The ride was, was good. It, it's not like in my top five favorite rides. Um, but really I think it's, it's the immersion level that was really cool for me. I'm really big on theming and details and Disney nailed it with this. Yeah, no, it sure seems like it. Mm-hmm. Did you walk away with any merchandise? Did you purchase anything? I purchased something. Well, let me back this up. I'm not into Star Wars, so I wasn't really interested in buying things for myself. So my sister and her husband are really big Star Wars fans, and I had sent them links to what the merchandise is and told them, like, hey, if you want Christmas or birthday presents, like, give me some ideas from these lists. So we got a couple things for them. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. I, I won't have you say it on the show because uh, <laughs> they could be listening. They might be listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Nate, any, any, before we get out of here, any like lasting impressions about Galaxy's Edge? It, it, would there, for people that are going maybe sometime in the future, are there any tips that you want to, you want to give out? If you want to get on the ride, I would use single rider, assuming they're not offering fast pass or max pass. We walked right on a single rider. If you do that, though, there's some things in the regular queue that you're going to miss. So I think it's worth it to go through the regular queue once. But if your goal is to experience the ride, single rider is the way to go. During the preview period, though, like the normal queue is totally easy to go through. It's like 20 minutes. Um, but who knows what that'll be when it opens to everybody. So. Yeah, I'm really curious to see like how much that's going to change. I mean, it's definitely yeah. going to it's definitely going to go up a, a lot yeah. more. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but I'm I'm really inter- interested to see like how much different. Yeah, it's, it's gonna I am be. too. I made it a point the first time to go through the queue because I, you know, it's a new thing. I wanted to see what it was like, so I'm glad I did. And the second time I did single rider. Gotcha. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, sounds good. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. I mean, I'm I yeah. I can't wait to go. And I know I, I mean you, the uh, the end date for the reservation system is ending June 23rd, so it's only a couple yeah. weeks away. And then yeah, uh, actually less than two weeks. Yeah, only right June 23rd. Yeah, yeah. So two weeks, and then you can you can enjoy it as much as you want. So yeah. soon we're gonna see how uh, Disney is gonna handle the full uh, full on crowd capacity for the land. So that'll yes. be, that'll be interesting. But I think they're putting in some good measures right now to uh, to kind of help that out. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. So cool. Two two last questions before we leave. Um, we were just talking about the Disney parks background music, and I always love to play the people that I interview. I always, I always love to play their favorite Disney parks background music to this episode. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what is what is your favorite parks background music? Oh, background music. That's hard. Um, well, I sing the song "There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow" to my son all the time because it calms him down for some reason. So, I really like that song. Um, and it actually is background music in Tomorrowland, so that counts. Okay, sounds that sounds good to me. I'll yeah, uh, yeah. I'll definitely put it on, and I'll, I'll put it just for him. So <laughs> perfect. Sounds good. Cool. So before we get out of here, is there anything that you want to plug? Oh yeah, I have um, Instagram Weekly Mouse. It's called that because I go to Disneyland weekly. So Weekly Mouse, and you can follow along with me and my son. And sometimes my husband makes a guest appearance. Uh, we go to Disneyland very frequently so if you want tips or want to see some fun pictures from the parks weekly mouse 
I'm telling you guys, I'm, I'm always jealous when she goes. She's always putting up some cool photos. Actually, you put up a cool one today. It was of the uh, the um, the Diet Coke uh, yeah. from Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, so, I had to get one of those. Yeah, so was there like a long line for, for that at all? Or like, or nope. you just kind of walk up and grab one? Walked right up. Nice. So what made you grab the Diet Coke? I'm kind of obsessed with Diet Coke. Like I have, <laughs> I have one a day. I don't drink coffee and tea upsets my stomach. So Diet Coke is my, my caffeine. <laughs> okay. I actually think that's the best design one too, the Diet Coke. I, I just like the colors. Yeah, the how, silver looks cool. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the silver yeah. that kind of stands out the most for mm-hmm. it. But, but cool. So yeah, I'll make sure to um, to put her link in the show notes so you guys can find her easily. So. But all right, CJ, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is awesome. I uh, I learned a lot about Disneyland today. I didn't know there was the Pinocchio's workshop, and you definitely taught me a lot. So. Oh, good. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. CJ, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a blast having you. You certainly taught me a lot about Disneyland. Uh, I honestly didn't know about like the time tunnel. I got to do more research into that because I need to know more about it. I need to see photos. I need to know more about that. But, you know, listening to your experiences as a cast member over at Disneyland, it was so much fun. It was great hearing what you had to deal with and you had some great stories and especially that one phenomenal story that you told about the, the family that you guys helped out uh that was great it honestly did bring a tear to my eye and yeah it was just that was really magical what you guys did to to do that but yeah again thank you so much for coming on the show today so guys if you were a previous cast member and if you would like to be on a future episode of excess press just reach out to me sending me an email at matt at excesspresspodcast.com and i'll get you on a future episode so guys, remember, I'm doing probably maybe for like this summer, we'll see how long, but uh, I'm going to be doing an episode of Interview with the Cast Member every other week. So next week, you will not be getting a uh, Interview with the Cast Member show, but you will be getting another episode where we have someone talking about their full experience over at Galaxy's Edge. So we got a little bit of taste of it today with CJ and talking about her time over in Galaxy's Edge. But next week, you'll get a full episode where we're going to dive into to some details not too many spoilers at all but we're going to get into more details into the nitty-gritty about it so but yeah so stay tuned for that episode and of course this upcoming sunday you will get your regularly scheduled news show so this upcoming week for me is really busy so hopefully i can get that one out to you guys on time which i should it, it should be okay so but anyways guys that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast and i just want to remind you all that we have our excess press t-shirts out on our website so just go to excess press podcast dot com slash shop to get yours today and there is free shipping on all items and 
everything, all the money earned from the the t-shirts go directly back into the show. It goes to where there's hosting costs and more merchandise in the future. So if you've been a listener of the show for a long time, this is your way to support the podcast. So, uh, and thank you to those who have bought the t-shirts already. Hopefully you guys are loving them. Uh, So if you want to follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. You can follow us at accesspresspodcast.com where you can check out all the things we are posting on social media. And if you're not subscribing to the podcast already, please do so on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or however you listen to podcasts. Uh, and again, make sure you check us out at accesspresspodcast.com where you can find out, find all our episodes, past episodes, and news articles that we are posting. So, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the Access Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.